0: This Bournemouth season preview edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Welcome, everybody, to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming from Newcastle upon Tyne, up in the northeast of England. And today we carry on our 2023-24 season previews. Uh we're going to talk about Bournemouth today. Uh joining me uh, from Birmingham uh is Mr. Barry Penaluna. Hello, Baz. you look uh, you look intently staring at something what's going on.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking at me, uh, my notes, and uh, seeing what I've got for the night ahead. I- I'm in a bit of a daze, to be honest, Mark. I'm st- I'm still ill. Oh uh, no, nah. the- shit! I'm- Super suits, get your pens out, write that one down. Barry's still ill. in, in, so. the- in a pattern of illness, I'm uh, I'm still dying, and um, potentially more close at the death today. Oh well, have you gone down a bit? I've gone down ill, yeah. Uh, struggling.
0: Um, I'm just trying to think of anything. Of yours, I might like if you die, but I can't really think of any. It. So, like, you've
1: got any good golf clubs around? No, nothing. I've, I've got nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, nothing in all the thirty years of friendship, Buzz, and I'm not <laughs> even going to get a set of golf clubs out of you. But here I am, ploughing on regardless. <laughs> ploughing on, dedicated to uh, the cause, Malcolm. You know me. Yeah, so
0: Let's remember to tell people today is Wednesday, the twenty sixth of July. So if tomorrow uh, Bournemouth sign who might Bournemouth sign but
1: um, Erling Haaland Erling Haaland if Bournemouth signed Erling Haaland tomorrow
0: and you're listening to this thinking well you'd think the lads would mention it you know what I mean they've just signed Erling Haaland well we don't know they've signed Erling Haaland because it's a Wednesday the 26th of July so that's when we're recording this so don't be uh, giving us any of that because we're going to publish these uh, near the start of the season in a couple of weeks Um Bournemouth Bars, we've talked before about them. They don't really inspire much of anything in us. Uh, we don't like them. Uh, we don't dislike them. Uh, well, we do dislike them. We dislike everyone, though, but we don't like actively hate them like we do with a lot of teams. Um, and, yeah, I mean, well, I can't really remember. Again, we did this when we did the Brentford show, trying to think of any sort of... Any big, big occasions when um, Newcastle and Bournemouth had faced off? I do remember getting agitated when Bournemouth beat us because I think we should never lose. I think Steve Cook scored a header up here a couple of years ago and that agitated. I was like, why are we getting beat off Bournemouth, man, for God's sake? There's about 27 of their fans up in the top deck going mental. Uh, And I'm just getting agitated by that just because I'm petty. But yeah, um, any thoughts on Bournemouth particularly, Buzz?
1: No, nah, not really. They're another one that's fairly inoffensive, and I was quite happy to see them stay up to be honest um Gary O'Neill was Gary O'Neill was one of the sort of good news stories of the season really uh although it didn't last for long as we'll come to in a bit uh but yeah, fairly inoffensive Bournemouth I think me wanting Bournemouth to survive uh was probably more to do with the fact I would rather have seen the likes of Everton go down yeah um, so yeah i've got, i've got, I've not got a huge amount of uh you know, bias either way when it comes to Bournemouth.
0: Fair enough. Uh, if we have got any new, any newbie Bournemouth fans listening in, uh, you need to, You've obviously found us, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. The Premier League Gambling Podcast. Where you're on Twitter at SGPN Premier and YouTube.com at Premier League Gambling Podcast. Um, loads of stuff going on. We have weekly picks shows. We'll have weekly previews, reviews. Champions League. We'll do some EFL stuff. Um, and some fantasy football as well. So there's always something going on. Um, always uh, a couple of good picks. We don't do bad bars, making new with our picks. Um, a little bit of silliness as well thrown in. So yeah, come and find us. We're going to uh, do an FPL league, which we'll announce later on as well. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to do some FPL stuff. Um, yeah, and go if you go and find those pod- podcast platforms, you will find that we've done um, pre season previews for all 20 teams. Um, as well as um, our a chance and try and find us. So we get stuck into some of the, the pricing bars for, um, for Bournemouth. I'll tell you uh, first about our Patreon, um, the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon, waging war against the corporate gamblers. Uh, loads of exclusive content, contests and merch. Uh, For our patrons, the SGP Stories podcast, which is an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGens. The Discord channel is tremendous. And I just generally agree, uh, to keep up to date with everything going on on the network, the place to do that is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Uh, Okay. To win the league, Baz, Bournemouth are 1,500 to 1, juicy price. Top four finish is 200 to 1. Top six finish, 50 to 1. Relegation is 5 to 2. To stay up, they are 2 to 7, which is around about minus 350. A top half finish is 6 to 1. A bottom half finish is 1 to 12, uh, minus 1250. Um, and for them to finish bottom of the league, price is 10 to 1. Uh, the handicap price is 16 to 1, and that gives Bournemouth a 48-point head start. Um, although Bournemouth did amazingly well at Barry. We did a show in January where I would worked out all the scores, all the fixtures, and I had them finishing on 17 points. I think at the time they were on 17 points. So I was pretty mean to Bournemouth. Um, but coming out of the World Cup, I'll, I'll run through the little sort of peaks and troughs that they had. Coming out of the World Cup, you didn't know where a, a point was going to come from. Um, They had 13 points in their first 10 games. Uh, obviously sacked Scott Parker, who went on to do terrible things with Genk or Ghent, whichever one it is, um, replacing with Gary O'Neill. They then lost eight of nine around the World Cup break, um, which really looked... Like I mean, it was just nail after nail in the coffin. Like, and that's when I had them down. You couldn't see them where they were going to get another another point from. They looked absolutely doomed. Um, and then Gary O'Reilly got them going. They made some good signings in January. Um, towards the back end of the season, Baz, I feel like we picked Bournemouth quite a lot. We had the the, the famous win at Tottenham. We we backed them at seven and a half, eight to one that day. Um, yeah. And there were other occasions. I know you backed them I, I, a I few times them. as well.
1: Wolves, I think, which was right off the back of of that terrible run. Um, And I picked them at a point where nobody was picking them and and got them at a really good price. So, yeah, we did all right out of Bournemouth last year. A few times we put them up as our underdog um, and hit them at the right times. Yeah, they made some under-the-radar decent signings in January um, and then won 7-12,
0: and that's what got themselves safe. I mean, seven wins in 12 is an outstanding record. Uh, They hit the beach pretty early, lost the last four in a row, but... uh, that's not a problem, really. Um, it, Bournemouth are an interesting team um, coming into this season uh, for a couple of reasons. And one of the main ones is that they've replaced... They have replaced Gary O'Neill, so he did a great job. They've replaced him with Andoni Iraiola. Now, straight away the next day, I had Teresa on the phone saying, it's ridiculous that team. You know, he's indirectly in do the job. Um, I was on the totally the other side of that, I think, I had no problem with them sat in Gary O'Neill. If the owners think that Gary O'Neill is limited, and they think they've found a candidate who can play in a certain way, can impose a style and identity on the club, then just do it. You can't give a bloke a job. It's not you're pushing the trolleys round in Morrison's car park. Like, well done, Terry, you're great at that. Have the job. If Terry's good at pushing the trolleys round, let Terry push the trolleys round. Just because Gary O'Neill did okay, but this is a different business. Like
1: um so yeah, I've got agree. no problem I'm... with... I can see why... You, want, I you disagree, or agree. No, I agree. Okay. I can see, you know, it came a bit out of the blue uh, and it was a bit of a surprise when it happened. Um, but I remember listening to the, the owner on uh, the radio at one point sort of explaining the thinking. Um, And I think... I mean, he landed the job more as a consequence of them um, not being able to get who they wanted last season. Uh, the feeling was that if they, they got a bad start... This season, he, pr- he was probably on a sort of short leash anyway. Um, and if they were looking at it thinking, well, if we lose the first three or four games, we're going to make a move this season, then why not just do it now? Um, and also the, the fact that Iriola appeared to have been someone they've wanted for a while. Um, they couldn't get him before because he wouldn't leave Iriola via in the middle of a season. Um, and he became available. Um, and By all accounts, he, he was a man they wanted to sort of Take them to that next level. Um, so yeah, having listened to, to the owner ex- sort of explain the thinking behind it, um, I think it's not a bad move. But whether whether it you know produces what they hope it will produce is another matter. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't mind the decision to dispense of Gary O'Neill. He done outstanding, as you say. But if they don't feel he's the right man for the job you know, to do what you want next season. Then, then you move on, don't you? If you think you've got a better man available, then, then so be it.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a brave decision, but what you can't do is just sleepwalk into one point from your first six games. And then have to sat Gary O'Neill and go chasing around for somebody else. Like, so yeah, it's a brave call. I've got no problem with it. He came in from um, Rio Vallecano, who finished 11th in uh, La Liga last year. Now, Vallecano were not a big club, 11th place finish. Um, it's a good finish. I actually saw Valcarlo live last season, um, and can remember nothing about it. So I can't tell if they're any good or not. Uh, well, I can't tell they weren't very good, but I can't, I can't pick out any, any sort of players or any patterns. I just can't really remember that game.
1: Um, the big with iola isn't it? He said to favour a very attacking style, uh, very high pressing. He played under Bielsa at Bilbao, um, and he said to adopt a very similar approach. I think for me, but well, chaos
0: remains- is the word I've heard level yeah. like like planned chaos like he wants the chaos yeah. he encourages the chaos it's gonna and I've heard be that fair from fair. players players that he's played under and with
1: it's gonna be like Ted Lasso chaos absolute <laughs> chaos oh they um, all for a bit of chaos um but yeah I mean for me it just remains to be seen if, if Bournemouth have the tools at the, dispos- at the disposal at their disposal to make that work um but then as you say I don't know a huge amount about Rio Varcorno but he's he's overachieved with them, given their, their budget and the size of that club, it was a good season for them, um, so yeah, let's let's see what he can do with Bournemouth
0: um, In terms of signings um, having a look, they picked up uh, Milos Kierkez, who is a left-back, 19-year-old Serb, uh, which is someone from Serbia, not uh, someone who he's, plays on the bench, if you're from Ashington, Baz, oh, don't ruin me Ashington joke, is he not from where? I'm sure he's from Hungary 19 year old Serb. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, he's... To be fair, I thought he was Hungarian and all, but I do have the word Serb written down and I don't know why. I didn't write Serb down just to do the acid joke. I know that. Yeah, Did you I not play he... for a
1: Hungarian team? I'm going to have to he Google, he Google it now. Google, I'm certain. Have we got time yeah, to Google it? No, I've just Googled uh, it. I, I mean, I I, have already have it, I already have it written down and well, I have uh, yeah. confidence of my... Oh uh, no, Well, that's team. a bad
0: start, Baz, isn't it? That's all the Bournemouth fans switching yeah, up. He's, even he's what he a
1: for Hungary. Uh, he's fucking Serbian. No, nah, I'm not having that.
0: Born in Serbia, he represents the Hungary national team. Yep, so he's Hungarian. He was born in Serbia. He's Serbian. <laughs> So, 19-year-old, uh, hung, Hungar Serbian, uh, Milos Kirk. I was left-back. Um, I've heard lots of nice things about him, highly rated. Um, and I think you will get a start. I think he's going to play. And um, the other one's uh, Clive Ertz, kid. Skid. Um, what's his first name?
1: Justin Clivert. He came in about 10 million from Roma, hasn't he? And yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of, of Clyvert. He's, he's came from Roma, although he's spent the last three years out on loan from Roma. He's been to Leipzig, Nice and Valencia um, and obviously hasn't done enough to justify a permanent move to any of those um, and finds himself here for a fairly modest fee. Plays mostly as a left winger, uh, but he can play over on the right as well. Um, so yeah, remains to be seen whether he can set the world on fire. Son of Patrick Clivert, as you say, but sort of looking at the record, doesn't seem he's hit the same sort of height so far. I think he's very hitting, Miss Baz. I mean, you throw an A, he's a winger,
0: and the form is notoriously flaky. He's young, uh, also notoriously flaky. And everything else he does is notoriously flaky. He'll have one good game in six kind of thing, you know. He'll probably have two. Um, two show real goals back to show for the end of the season. But I'm not sure he's going to move, he's going to move the... Uh, move the needle for Bournemouth too much. They've got some players I do like. Uh, they, they keep us decent there too. I thought Snesi had a good season. season
1: haven't they? they've, they've also brought in um, Hamed triori uh, an attacking midfielder from Sassuolo. Um, he's the sort of biggest signing so far, around a 20 million fee for him, um, which looks like could be a good addition as well. Yeah, I mean, the the two games
0: I saw Bournemouth against Newcastle last year, Bournemouth played really well. they got a 1-1 draw up here. And then... Uh, there was a nil-nil down at Bournemouth, where Bournemouth were much the better team. And Newcastle were in a bit of a funk. That was kind of that February, March time uh, when Newcastle really had the worst dip of the season. But Bournemouth outplayed us uh, and saved a couple of missed chances and a in goal line clearance. Bournemouth should have won that game. But um, so I think they're going to be they're going to be good at home. Like I say, I like Sinessi, Really like Billing as a player. I think he's excellent. Lewis Cook. Uh, Lewis Cook was at that wedding that I worked at. That, um, Adam Armstrong's wedding. Lewis Cook was there. Could you, do you remember? Right. I'm quiz question you want here. Adam Armstrong's wedding. Lewis Cook, the third footballer who was at that wedding, scored against Manchester United last night. There you go. This is good. This is off-the-cuff trivia, this, Baz. Interesting. I, can't said I don't tri- even know
1: who Man United played last
0: night, Morgan. Ah, you see, you're a jerk. The answer, well, if they played they Rex and Buzz. Yeah. What was it? Still L-E-B? nothing here's the right answer well done Barry everyone was kicking off about that because people had paid about a gazillion quid for tickets to watch Man U v Wrexham when the fixture was announced and then two the months yeah well two months later they then announced the fixture against Real Madrid and sent like the under eights to play Wrexham last night so well, there was all these city uh, was it in America all these Americans with tickets they spent loads of dollars on and ended up watching Man United under eights get beat three one, and have a man sent off um <laughs> Yeah, right. Utara uh, Dango's a good player, and I really, really like Solanke. But Solanke, I think he got a bit of a bad press because um, he was at Liverpool. We never really worked for him, and people—he he, was—he was often the sort of butt of quite a lot of jokes. You'd see sort of Twitter memes and stuff whenever there was a, someone had wasted some money. Like you could—you'd see Solanke catching strays be like well you paid this much for Solanke and and then last year he did really really well he's a, he's a very good player um, I don't see why that's going to change this year generally speaking though Baz I'm worried about them um, it's, a, it's a lack of depth and it's the question marks over the manager so it's can Iraola impose himself um, and that style of play that's the question mark. we don't know that but um, but it's a hard league to be able to do it. in. we've seen managers come and go who failed. We've seen teams do the same and it's a very competitive league. Um, so yeah, I must admit I am not convinced. This is pretty much the same line that I trotted out in January though, but and couldn't have been more wrong. So um, do you have general, what's your general uh,
1: yeah, I, prognosis? I'm, I'm, I'm heading in the same direction as you, I think. Um, I mean, he, he can come with all the attack and style he wants and all the chaos he wants, but the problem he's got to solve is their defensive frailties. They conceded 71 goals last year. You know, you're getting on for almost two a game. Um, and with that sort of record, you, you're going to struggle. There was only two teams in the league conceded less goals than that, uh, conceded more than that. Uh, and only two teams in the league lost more games than them. So you think you know, if you're the third worst team in terms of goals conceded and third worst team in terms of games lost um you're probably quite fortunate to find yourself out of the bottom three um so they need to improve on that front um but yeah in terms of a pick i i think i was a bit torn on this one but in my league prediction that that i've got i have got bournemouth to go down um i have to say it's based on what i saw last season and the feeling that Although they stayed up fairly comfortable in the end, I think it was five points. For large parts of the season, they were distinctly average or, or, or even bordering on very poor. Um, they had that stint in March to April where they won six and nine, which turned the season around. Either side of that, as you said earlier, it wasn't pretty at all. But the conflict does come around the uncertainty of how Iriola will change things and if he's able to impose himself, as you say. He is highly regarded. Um, you know, they made a big move to, to bring him in, as you say, a bold decision. Um, and he might bring a more entertaining brand of football with more attack and intent but where where are the goals coming from? Nobody scored I think the top scorer last year was Solanke and Billing got seven each Um, and as I say what's he going to do defensively because they definitely need to improve on that front so I looked at two things, I think you, know, you you caveat this with the fact you, you're making this pick on the 26th of July uh, and there probably will be more business done. You've talked about the strength and depth and things like that. Uh, I expect there will be more business done over the next couple of weeks. But as it stands, I've got Bournemouth going down um, and that pick would, would come in at 2-1, to one, so plus so 200. Uh, and another one that I've considered a, a, to be a safer player is where we've looked at a lot of these and sort of looked for um, them to finish above somewhat or finish below someone, And, and a, a, a good match I found where I could get a roundabout even money was for Forrest to finish above Bournemouth. I think Forrest will go okay this year. And uh, Forrest to finish above Bournemouth at 10 to 11, to minus 110. That was a pick I liked also, Here, yeah.
0: Forrest to finish above Bournemouth? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I was looking for some patterns and stuff passing. I just had to see a lot of red flags. Like, it's... Uh... They, there was no real patterns in the home and away from them. They won 62 and they won five away. Um, they did lose eight away games by over one and a half goals. So that could be an angle in. Um, 17th in goals scored, 19th in goals conceded. So neither of those are great. Um, didn't draw many games. Um, don't be back in the draw. They do six games all season. Um, and then four 1-0 wins at the end of the season just were a little bit of a red flag for me as well because that, that was out of character. And, again, not really sustainable. I've got them finishing 18th, Baz. Um, So I've got them going down as well. So my two picks um, were Bournemouth to get relegated. It's a price of 5-2, to plus 2.50. But I have found a positive one. Uh, It's not all doom and gloom. I've got a winner for you Bournemouth supporters. Um, (laughs) I've got them to finish 18th. So there's only two teams that can finish above, but they can finish above Everton at even money. Um, so that's going to be me. Uh, that's my positive Bournemouth pick, um, even money plus one hundred Bournemouth to finish above Everton. Um, we'll have a little look at some fantasy possibilities bars. Once I've told you about uh, Underdog Fantasy, uh, one of our fun sponsors here on the Premier League Gambling Podcast. The NFL season is right around the corner. Underdog him is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets. There's loads of opportunities to win uh, in their daily MLB contests and, of course, make sure to end the Best Ball Mania 4 where first place gets $1 million. Head to underdogfantasy.com use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Um, okay, any fantasy players? We're all having a listener league uh, this year. We've only got a couple of rules. Um you have to be in by the start of the season, and try and do us something nice by going to wherever you found us, um, and hitting the hitting the like button, leave us a review, leave us five stars, thumbs up, subscribe, all of those things. Uh, do us a favor, it means we can crack on. We're gonna have hundred and fifty quid in cash up for grabs here. We've got some merch from the uh, SGP and merch store, and we've got the egg in a cup. Cup. The code you need, um, is C V V Q. E B, that is cactus violin violin question Arthur bread bin uh, for those bread bin bars. Whoa, when was the last time you heard anyone say bread bin?
1: It's been a while. Been it's a been while. took the two thousands, reckon earlier. Yeah, at least, has million, has your mother got a bread bin? Uh, I reckon my gran had a, had a bread bin. My mother doesn't. Oh, my mother's got a bread bin, like. There's occasionally, like, a
0: bit of cake in the bread bin if you're, like, 173 or four you, months. Oh, it is. I, we might bring it back. I've got no issue with the bread bin. I was just stuffed in the pantry there. Like, and it's got no pain. If you have the butter dish in there, that's a nice touch. Like,
1: the... Because have your butter out. Do you have a butter dish? No, nah, no dish. No butter well, dish. in a tub. Why do you need it in a dish? Cause, well, because it's butter. It's rock oh, hard. Right. Uh, okay. But if you keep the butter
0: in the... If the butter dishes in with the bread in the bread bin... Lovely touch that, Baz. That's classy, that. Um, we are talking about fantasy football, yeah. So, CVV, QAB, going into that for a start. Um, And then, Baz, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't think there will be very many, if any, Bournemouth players in my fantasy team when we pick it. But there are a couple of options. And really, the... The players that I mentioned that I sort of liked at the start. Um, Utara had a really good second half. Um, I like Solanke. Solanke's going to start every week, number nine. And a big part of fantasy football is opportunity. Uh, You talk about Manchester City players and the pep pep rotation and stuff. I don't think you're going to get that with Solanke. He's going to be there absolutely every single week. I like Philip Billin as well. I don't think he'd be playing goalies and defenders because there's not going to be many clean sheets around. We already know it's going to be chaos. The managers told us that. Utara's um, a decent price at uh, 5 million. He's got 49 points in the second half of the season. So if you extrapolate that, 98 points is reasonable uh, for a 5 million
1: player. But yeah, Solanke, Billing, have you got any gems for us, Baz? No, not really. I mean, Solanke and Billing were the only two that got over the 100 mark last year. Solanke scored 130. Billing scored 126. Um I mean Solanke will obviously continue to be the focal point of the attack. Uh obviously it remains to be seen if if Bournemouth will become a more potent force. But Solanke at six and a half million. Um not for me, I don't think, at this stage. Uh Billing, certainly the best of the midfielders for Bournemouth at five and a half. But like I said yesterday when we were talking about Everton, um, I think there's better options in that price bracket. Um might be worth watching. Uh, Hamid Traore, a new right winger. They've signed. He's at five million. Um, if he gets off to a good start, he might be a good cheap bench option. Um, beyond that, uh, like you, I couldn't be convinced by by many in in Bournemouth in terms of a fantasy league stance. Certainly not in the defence. Uh, a bit concerned about that. Um, Neto, uh, the keeper, had had an all right season. He scored ninety three last year, and he is um, in the four and a half million bracket. Um, which makes him a potential option for a second keeper. Um, I mean, many people will have sort of goalkeeper rotations where you might pick up two two keepers in the four and a half million bracket and, and ro- rotate them around the fixtures. Um, but again, I think most people will probably find a better option than Netto at Bournemouth, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough, Baz. Um And I think that's just about it done and dusted, Baz. Have you got anything else um, you wanted to tell us about? Nothing Bournemouth related, Malcolm. That is it from me. Nothing Bournemouth related yet. Um, interesting season. Certainly one of the more interesting teams to handicap um, just because of the, um, the the question marks over mainly the manager and how they're going to go. I think Bournemouth fans will be full of hope um, because the enrol is going to give them a chance. So if it goes to plan, they're going to score some goals. They'll be good to watch um, and they're going to give themselves a chance. So the, the, the seeding... Uh, for Bournemouth and their support, which is great. So, yeah, good luck if you are a Bournemouth fan. Um, like I say, just stay in touch with us all all through the season. Check in. We'll uh, we make our picks. Um, we'll be doing AFL stuff and and everything else you need to know, as well as uh, weekly um, fantasy football updates um, on our league. So, yeah, appreciate anyone who joined in and listened. Give us a follow in all the places that I mentioned earlier on. Um, the rest of the team previews will be around as well. Go and give those a listen. We've got some decent picks. Um, until the next time, we will see you down the road. Cheers.